FYI, there may be some kerfluffle. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Dear listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, I am Melissa, and it has just snowed in Minnesota, and I'm still optimistic about this winter for some reason, and it's still January. Anyway, I am here with all the way across the nation in warmer climates, but windier climates is windy. Me, windy! And yes, I understand that it's warmer here. I do, and yet I'm still pretty much wearing a blanket. You're weak. You are I weak. I have become weak. I have happily, <laughs> happily weak. I, I like that I am not, that I have forgotten how to bear up under negative 50 temperatures. Well, it, it, it's actually 30 degrees in Minnesota right now. It is barely uh, below freezing, which means yeah. we have irrevocably broken the planet. We are going to die soon because this planet is collapsing under us right now because right now uh going into mid-january it should be like negative 30 and it's positive 30 and this is wrong oh it's oh it is very very wrong that said next week in texas it's supposed to get down to 18 degrees so okay that's how broken we've made things also Mm. um melissa Yes. So, okay, this is film related, even if it is still actually kind of off topic because we haven't actually, we is it off topic if we don't have a topic yet? Nonetheless. Um, <laughs> so there it was. It was New Year's Eve. We were watching The Thin Man as we are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it takes place more on Christmas than on New Year's Eve, but they're drinking so much that it feels like New Year's Eve. So I feel like yeah. it's a movie that can go either way. Uh, but anyway, Melissa. I know you know this movie as well as I do. This time around, I finally noticed that when... So you have the opening scene where she's taking her boyfriend, her fiancé, to meet her father. And her father's like, I'm going away for a while. I'm going mm-hmm. away for a while. So then, next scene, it's a day or two before Christmas. They establish that very well. But then they keep talking about... Oh, the last time he, the father, was seen was about three months ago. That means it's like early October. When they leave, when she leaves her father, it starts snowing in New York City in early October. Yeah. No, no, no. What? No, (laughs) no. Like, speaking of breaking the planet, like, is it like now I need to read? I feel like I need to read the Dashiell Hammett like the thin man and find out if like, is this something the movie did or the book did and the movie copied? Because I even looked it up on Google and the earliest snowfall in the last hundred years in New York city was still like the 25th of October. So, but still October. Yes. October, but (laughs) October 25th is two months before Christmas, not three. And they keep saying three months. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I could be getting, I granted this is yes. Me saying like, Oh, I may have been hung up on a small detail that isn't relevant. What? I believe my name is Wendy. Of course I did. But (laughs) like, I I am now officially like, this is bothering me. This, this is the burr in my bonnet. It is true. It is true. It is true. But, but Wendy, I think we all know, especially in the pandemic world, we all know that time has no meaning. <laughs> I mean, nobody has any real sense of how long ago anything was because <laughs> pre pandemic was a week and a half ago, right? Uh, a week right. and a half ago was 2020, 
was 20, 2005. Yeah, that was a week and a half ago. Yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. about right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but this movie was made almost 100 years ago, Melissa. Like, And there, that's a twist for you. This movie... And you know what? Humans were still dumbasses. I guarantee oh, it. Oh, God. You are not wrong. Oh, my goodness. Um, so anyway, uh, to get to the point... Hello. Yes. Hi. Melissa, Hi. what have you watched recently? Ooh, last night I had an unexpected uh, movie sprung upon me, and it was really quite impressive to me. So uh, on Shudder, yay, Shudder, um, there is One a movie on One of the streaming services we are keeping, no matter yeah. what. Because it's inexpensive and it gives good content, and I like their channel i like how they stream stuff like tv if you want to just watch something that is hand delivered to you and you don't have to think about it they do that or you could select one of many things and and their their library their library is uh ever rotating it's great stuff and like their actual ux like their navigation thank you it's actually it doesn't frustrate me beyond all measure um, they've got good collections to sort of guide you to things too. I love that. Yeah, Shutter mm-hmm. is great. Anyway, so there you were, um, shuddering around. And they band together with Kirla Janice uh, to have like libraries that go with you know her books, and they're uh, and they don't autoplay trailers because that is the short sort of shit that just makes me shut off a streaming. Channel. Oh my god, right? All I want to do is just flip through these movies and maybe read a little bit, but no, now I'm like, ugh. ugh. If I want a trailer, I will select the button that says trailer. And then you can show me a trailer. So, Speaking of trailers, anyway. again off topic, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we just bought a new Apple TV box. <gasps> Uh, Because our other one, it was old and it broke. Uh, Mm. They have gotten rid of, Melissa, they have gotten rid of the trailers app. I have to go to YouTube like some sort of heathen. No. I I am unreasonably angry about this. I loved the trailers app. Like it would just lay them all out for me. Here's what, here's what's coming up. Here's Mm -hmm. what's in theaters now. Here's what's trending. Like, it's not just, oh, my God, I have to navigate to YouTube. I do kind of actually hate navigating to YouTube and the ads and the suggestions and all that shit. But the actual format of that app was brilliant for me. And now, yeah, mm, mm, and they just they just got rid of it and didn't even allow me to mourn. <sighs> it's an app that literally delivers advertising. That people I, liked. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it either, right? So there you were. Sh- I, no, really, we're going to get to it. Uh, you were shuddering around. We'll get there. This is this is all movie adjacent. No, this is all fair. This is all fair. So uh, Shudder, Shudder, uh, went to Shudder. And uh, for Shudder Movie Night, which uh, I host every Sunday night, uh, the selection was The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Ooh. Which is a retelling of Frankenstein. That's not really a spoiler. Uh, set in a uh, uh, a low-income, uh, largely black-populated area with a lot of drug traffic. And Dr. Frankenstein is a young black girl. She is a brainy, uh, science nerd, uh, teenager who is frustrating her teachers because she is too forward thinking and she's, she's very abrasive about it. And she decides uh, when a relative gets shot by drug Lords, she decides, Oh, she's going to bring him back to life. And there we go. There is your premise. And, and the setup is literally like five minutes long. It is a tight script and it's well shot. And the uh, young woman who plays the lead a teenage girl is fucking fantastic. She's a wonderful actress. And uh yeah. It's 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 quite a thing. It's a it's a great little take on Frankenstein. I mm. really enjoyed it. Mmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll have to add that to my shuddery cue. 
Yes, I, I recommend it. Um, okay, so Melissa. Yes, please tell me. There's something I want to talk about. But before okay. I talk about that, I am going to quickly say I did finally watch Thanksgiving. And Chris and I fucking loved it. And it is now in our permanent rotation for the holidays. That is All a right. delightful slasher. Oh, All my right. God. Have you watched it? I have not. Oh, Melissa, it's <laughs> the kills are top notch. It is it is, and it knows exactly what it is. And yes, yes, thank you. More Thanksgiving content. It is a holiday about uh putting things in ovens, stabbing them, carving them, um mm. like gross mm. <laughs> like gross uh consuming cons yeah. Let's just say uh, a slasher film is totally, totally on brand for that holiday. Yes, please. Um, awesome. Yeah. Do recommend FYI. But what I want to talk about <laughs> is that I watched The Marvels last night. I Oh, please do tell. I binged uh, Ms. Marvel because I had not watched it on Saturday night. And so and I was like, isn't that wonderful? It's so sweet. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that they are exploring something more in the same vein as Spider-Man, right? Yeah. The very, very similar vibe. Um, and the, the, lead, the lead actress, she's terrific. Mm -hmm. And so then I watched Marvel's. I like the character of Captain Marvel. I like the character of Monica Ram Rambo. I like the character of Kamala Khan. So why was I still kind of bored? I got no answers. Like, with you. I haven't sat down and watched it yet. But like this yeah. is what I end up saying about all of the Marvel movies lately: is like there's nothing wrong with it. I just kind of didn't care. Yeah. And so. I started thinking about it, and this is what I want to talk about. I started thinking about it, and I was just like, it's too much. Like, yeah. we have now gotten to the point where – so let's so let's pause. Let's back up. Let's consider how carefully the first three stages, the Infinity War saga, was crafted for us. We oh, had yes. five films – that led up to, no wait, six films that led up to the Avengers, right? Right. One, two, three, four, five. No, five. Yeah, because Thor the Dark World was after the Avengers. So we had five films. So we got one film to introduce each of the major players, two for Iron Man. And along the way, we got Black Widow and Hawkeye as consistent characters in several films. Right. And then the Avengers. And by the time the Avengers came around, we knew these characters, right? Right. So then we have phase two. Again, six films. And we don't, and the only new people, like we get Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America again. Um, oh, wait, we get the Hulk. The Hulk is thrown in to, yeah. so we actually get another character. So Hulk's kind of a new character, but we're okay with that because we know everybody else so well. So then we get Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, and then we get Guardians of the Galaxy, which is way over here as an outlier, like right. really as an outlier. So they are introducing that like several films before they need them. Just over here is like, that was sort of fun. Then we get Age of Ultron and then Ant-Man. So realistically, only one new one new character, two heroes with Ant, right. with uh, Ant Man and uh, the Wasp being introduced. Right. We get to Phase Three, the final one of the Infinity Saga, and we end up with more movies. Like it's what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Like ten, twelve movies. But out of those, three of them are big cast movies because yep. we get Civil War, we get. Mm -hmm. Infinity War and Endgame. Right. And so out of those, we're spending time with these characters all together, revisiting characters. And we keep revisiting these the established original four. So now we get Doctor Strange, we get Spider-Man, we get Black Panther. 
and Captain Marvel. So four new ones added in while still spending considerable time with the originals. So we still feel like, okay, this expanded and it expanded a lot, but we still care about everybody. And I feel like part, yeah, there's some emotional stuff there of like the Infinity War saga is done. How do you make me care about what's the next step? Like that is right. for sure true. But oh my God, phase four, there's not one mashup in there. There's mm-hmm. not one revisiting of all the characters together of reminding us who we care about in this. It's all like, like we do get, um, we finally get the Black Widow film, but it feels a little too late because she's fucking dead. Yep. Right? We get more Spider-Man, more Doctor Strange, more Thor and Black Panther. Great. But we don't get them together. Mm-hmm. And who do we get added in? We get the Eternals and Shang-Chi. Now, mm-hmm. I, I liked Shang-Chi a lot. Shang-Chi personally. is fun. It's really um, fun. But the Eternals is flat. It's an absolute mm-hmm. dud. So, and I mean, the rest of the movies in there are real hit and miss. I mean, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Woof. And Wakanda Forever, again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't land. Yep. Um. So then we get into phase five. Phase five is... And also, phase four is where they really exploded things with TV series. We had eight mm-hmm. TV series. Yeah. Eight. eight. Bringing in three new characters in the TV series. Actually, even more than that, because we got Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm. We got Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. We got, um, we, that's where we find out about Monica Rambeau, where she gets her powers, and the She-Hulk. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's no, like, how are, and at no point are we really saying, here's how these people know each other. Here's why you should, here's how they connect back to the people you already care about. Like they kind of nod to it. They mention them, but they, they don't have them there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the failing is that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like this whole universe, but I don't know these people. I walked into a party where I was promised that people I was going to be there would be there, that I knew would be there. And instead it's a whole bunch of people who know those people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then, so now phase five coming up, uh, which we already got Quantumania, guardians three and the Marvels. And next we have Deadpool three. I love that. We're calling it Deadpool three when we did not have two or one. <laughs> and we're apparently getting a new Captain America with um uh, oh, is is Deadpool part of MCU? Deadpool's Sony, isn't it? I mean, they made the deal with Spider-Man, apparently they made the deal with for Deadpool as well. Huh? I mean, cuz hmm. Phase 6 has the Fantastic 4. Mm. Well, that's that's Fox though. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying they're 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 grabbing they're, yeah. they're making deals. They finally figured out how to make these deals, which cool. But again, I don't know these people and we're going to get we the TV shows and we're going to get a TV show for Echo. I don't know who that is for Ironheart. Don't know who that is. And um, and then a Daredevil reboot. Cool. Love that. Again. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be Charlie Cox is what I understand. So I am oh. actually excited about that. Okay. But how did they go so wrong? Like, none of these are DCU bad. None of them are. I'm going to be clear about that. Um, and for people who love the DCU, good on you. I'm glad that you enjoy it. I just have so many problems with Zack Snyder's like <laughs> unifying concept for the DCU. And I understand they've now taken it away from him, but uh, damage done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that like, well, my, I don't, I mean, my take on it is that I, I agree. Part of the problem is not reaching, you know, bringing the story lines back into some central theme. The, the, all of the, 
properties are spreading outwards like branches on a tree and each branch creates more branches and at some point it's kind of like a slime mold windy uh you know the <laughs> it as it branches out branches out branches out all of the slime mold the living part of the slime mold is like on the fringes and the stuff at the at the center is just kind of the the brown remnants but nothing much is happening there uh and so like at some point it spreads to a point where there isn't cohesion yeah it just kind of falls apart and they have the dual problem of that paired with the fact that the these stories are so interwoven that it's now daunting to anybody new to pick up in the middle right it is it is so daunting for anybody who just wants to start watching these or has been away for a while and wants to watch something that's a one off or uh you know has you know there's there's just no easy jumping on point and this is the problem that comics have had for a long time too since the big overarching things like like DC's 52 or you know where you have 52 different comic books running at the same time all overlapping cool that's a big effort but i'm sure i'm not going to be reading all 52 of these lines for a year to know what's going on yeah so fuck that (laughs) well i mean it but it's weirdly both right on the one hand there's there's too much complexity and on the other hand these things are standing alone like they aren't tying back strongly enough to make me go why should i care to right. like so i can looking at this of course they're they're leading in this is the multiverse saga right so it's all about yeah. and everything like oh look it's another dimension oh look it's another timeline oh look it's another alternative universe and they keep throwing that in <laughs> all the way across and that right there is like i can and it's always a different mechanic too so i'm mm-hmm. like well I can't keep track of all the different ways we have encountered this idea of the multiverse, but they're never the same mechanic. Yep. And how, how, so you got the, so who's, who's where? Like the map Mm -hmm. is too big and I'm sort of boggled because the, like the original, especially phase one was a master class. And, and and even phase two was bumpy. I feel mm-hmm. like phase two was them being like, well, we know where we're going and we've gotten it greenlit. Uh, uh, let's throw down a bridge right now and mm-hmm. just so we can keep going. Because there are a couple of films in phase two that are just like, well, that, that was a movie. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't all winners. <laughs> they were not all winners. But then phase three is just almost universally strong. It really is, because that's Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, the first Spider-Man film, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, right? Like, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. Now, by the time you get to Captain Marvel, oh, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. By the time you get to Captain Marvel, um, like, fatigue is starting to set in, but we are so excited for Endgame, nonetheless. But it's a masterclass in how to build out a huge stable of characters and and make sure the audience can still keep track of them and is invested in them. And then what the hell happened? <laughs> well, I mean, we have some ideas about what the hell happened, right? Like Feige, oh, yeah. Feige got distracted. Feige was removed from control, whatever you want to say. But there's clearly there was a central organizing vision for everything up to endgame. And everything after that has just felt like, um, honestly, like American horror story. Like, no idea is too wrong. Put it on the board. Well, yeah, I, I feel like after Endgame wrapped, everything else is happening just because of money. Yeah. Like, we, we are just going to keep churning out these movies for as long as people care to watch them and give us money for them. Because there were real story arcs in those multiple yeah. movies that they stood alone, but like the arc of Steve Rogers from mm-hmm. the first film all the way through to Endgame is brilliant. The arc of of Tony Stark is brilliant. 
mm-hmm. you know, throughout those films as you watch the characters develop and themes are actually explored. Like, tell me what the theme is of <laughs> of the multiverse saga, <laughs> please. Somebody yeah. tell me. And like, for all that I am excited, um, I'm excited to have different stories representing different viewpoints and, you know, different ethnicities, different parts of the world. And for as much as I love, I fucking love Oscar Isaac. And I am excited that Benson and Moorhead got a, got an MCU project. Explain to me why Moon Knight is critical to the multiverse story. What, what, why did, I got nothing. Why did I watch that? I mean, I enjoyed parts of it. I thought, honestly the um the hippo goddess she was my favorite part (laughs) um but like that's the thing i have all of this this is taking up so much mental real estate of my brain just holding on to that one thought of like so why moon knight is he gonna is, is he gonna be in an avengers film are all of these tv show characters going to be in an avengers film and if not, why did we, why did we decide that we were going to take time to tell their story and not like, and it's not that I don't want some of these side quest stories, but signal that it's side quest. And I'm probably <laughs> going to enjoy it more of like, like, cause then I'm not like, well, how does this tie in? What does this have to do? Do I need to remember this shit? No, no, no. This is cool. Like Moon Knight, he's just sort of cool and kooky and we thought you'd enjoy. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll try so, anything. So you want a study guide? Honestly, yes. <laughs> they've, they've no, made I'm, it I'm so... not saying this in a belittling way. It's like, these are extra credit, but your main curriculum is here. <laughs> yes. Like, so I, know, so I know how much I need to invest mentally and emotionally in these characters. Yes, I agree with you. Because... Like when it started with WandaVision, those were all characters from the movie. And then we introduce Agatha and Monica. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I feel like they're going to keep coming back up because everybody else here is from the movies. Right? And now Monica mm-hmm. has been in a movie. There is, by the way, going to be an Agatha series, another TV series <laughs> just for Agatha. Of course. Cool. And I don't hate that. But also, hey, is this side questing or is Agatha going to be in a movie? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to expand it this big, you need to clue me in on what I actually do need to be caring about. And that's where they've <laughs> really been falling down. Oh, God, yeah. And and I, what it feels like, it, like the, the original Endgame stuff, it did feel like they had a fucking plan. And at this point, it doesn't feel like they have any plan. They're just putting all the feelers out and seeing what hits. Oh, people liked that character? Then we'll keep using them. Oh, it doesn't yeah. seem like anybody responded to that? Never mind. Like, yeah, drop it. What? And I like I've I've got I haven't watched Loki season 2 yet, but I've gotten some mild spoilers, so I think I kind of know kind of maybe what might be happening at the end, but at the same to it's like do I need to watch that to understand like a major plot point or are they going to do this thing where like if you watch the TV show, that's like you know, that's like Easter egg stuff and it won't really be referenced, but it's cool if you know it. Like, well then tell me that. Ugh. Yeah. But to get to the Marvels, I really enjoyed the way those three characters interacted with each other a lot. I I was disappointed that there is a really emotional conflict that Carol is having and mm-hmm. that it 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 did not it did not have the weight it should have like right. this was am i good or am i bad conf- internal conflict stuff and it was mm-hmm. it was hinted at and then like it was finally brought up but it was sort of resolved in about three sentences like it wasn't enough and it was actually a barrier between Carol and Monica who of course she helped, she was there when Monica was born. They're, they should be very close. Carol's been absent. Monica's angry about that. Like, there's this real emotional core that got really shortchanged. And so I'm like, okay, that was good, but it could have been so much better. I love the way 
Brie Larson plays Carol Danvers, um, mm-hmm. because it is such a great no-nonsense female character that is just as strong as Black Widow, but very different in how yeah. she presents herself to the world. I love that. Um, but then by the time we get to the, you know, the final action sequence, I I literally was like, okay, there's going to be this beat, this beat, and this beat, and then... Okay, it's either going to resolve with this trope, this trope, or this trope. Oh, it was B. They went for B. Okay, cool. (laughs) Because we've now seen 20 of these movies, and there's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. And and so by the time you get to the big action scene at the end, it's not actually exciting. I will say what I enjoyed about Miss Marvel is the big resolution of the big bad was like five minutes and it wasn't even in the final episode. (laughs) Like the big, oh my God, the world might end bad was just, oh no, there it is. Well, I'll sacrifice myself. Cool. That's done. Oh wait, we have another episode left. What's going to (laughs) happen So I do want to say there's nothing wrong with the Marvels, but the fact I couldn't care more when this is a character I do actually like a lot, mm-hmm. like, yeah, something went wrong. Something's gone wrong. And I would love it if they could fix it. I would love it yeah. if they could, like, I feel like they just need to, like, their their lens is way, like, it's not focused. Like, we're not getting Mm -hmm. a laser anymore. We're just getting this big wash of light. Yeah. The content is becoming too much for the net that it's in. Yeah. 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 And I know none of this, I'm not saying anything that's new or that some, like, that hasn't been picked apart to death, but it was really weighing on my brain of, like, why am I not enjoying this more? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I did like Shang-Chi a lot. Shang-Chi is a lot of fun. It just is. It is. Trevor? It's super fun. My God, I love Trevor. <laughs> I love Trevor so much. Trevor, Trevor? Trevor Slattery? Everything up talks? <laughs> <sighs> Good times. Oh, God. Good times. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very, very fun. Very Also, fun. because we got such great, um, uh, we got such great content from, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Ah, um, who the the actual supreme sorcerer, the one who's actually in, uh, Kamartage. Benny. Yes, thank you, Benny Wong. <laughs> so I just blanked. I blanked so hard. I love. I love when we get more content from Benny Wong. That's why I was yeah. enjoying She Hulk. Like, yes, please, more Benny Wong. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, uh, okay. there is a. I <laughs> no no this is we're we're talking about movies Wendy. i think this is on topic uh there was a really good youtube video that i saw oh probably a month or two ago now that took like 45 minutes to really break down the problem with that both the uh MCU and Star Wars is happening right now mm. where everything where storytelling is is branching outwards forever rather than coming back into something complete and contained. Mm. Um I can't remember who did it. I'll have to look in my notes, but it was a fantastic video and I will put it in the show notes. Uh once I find it. <laughs> well, I mean And I will share it with you, Wendy. <laughs> book nerds Right, because we yeah. know that the Star Wars um, AU, right, the yeah. um, the extended universe of Star Wars through the Star Wars books. By the way, I have never read any of them, but I know people who have. So I know that that is a whole thing with huge, huge backstories, so many characters, so much more information, right? So book nerds, of course, are like, yes, please, I would love to see these beloved characters on the screen. But I feel like this is really playing into between that and the MCU with comics, which are books, the Mm -hmm. difference in medium, right? In comics, you can keep branching out and branching out and branching out because the person who picks up that book 
is going to either decide they want to pursue it or not. Um, and well, also the, the initial investment is so small. Yes. How long does it take you to read a comic? Not very long. How long does it take you to read a book? Hour, hours? Yes. Yeah. The, the length of a single comic or two or three comics, that is about right for a movie. Mm-hmm. That's a two-hour movie right there, th- which is why comic books have turned into great pitches for, for new movies. Uh, so the time translation is different. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, the, the amount of time it takes you to read one or two or three comics books is far shorter than two hours. But, but I feel like books can expand and mm-hmm. people don't... And I say this as a reader, like you can expand a, a series in a universe like exponentially. Um, Honor Harrington is a good example or um, uh, Eric Flint's uh, uh, 1537, 16, whatever the number, the numbers are, the one where they take yeah. an Appalachian village back to the back to the middle of the 30 years war. Um, those series keep going and keep going and keep going. And I have read the bits of those series I'm interested in. And been like, you know what? That's enough for me. I don't want to, or yeah. you know what? I don't care about this arc. I'm going to skip ahead over here. There's something, I feel like there's something about reading that we don't feel so tied to the bits that we can't see. We'll accept a summary so we can just focus on what we want or whatever. Before you get too far down the road, with reading both books and comic books, you it, there's something non-linear about it it's the oh what was that thing they said 30 pages ago flip 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 oh there it is and then you continue on you are yeah you are engaging with reading on your own terms you you read as fast as you want or slow as you want and you can refer back and forth if you need to whereas with the movie or tv show it's very linear and the movie and TV show is largely dictating how fast you are consuming that entertainment. Right. Because if I'm having to pause to get on my phone to look up, why do I need to know that? Yeah. Right. We don't, that's not how we're supposed to watch movies. They have yet to make pop-up videos for movies, which I think would be brilliant. We need pop-up videos for the MCU to explain all the shit that's happening because it's now gotten so complex. That is, that is, that is the key point there. And I'm glad you said it like that because I was like, that's what I'm trying to drive at. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm literally doing a reread of a series right now because the next book in the series is coming out at the end of the month. And... I, and I'm reading on my, my Kindle app, which means I get to highlight. And so I am literally highlighting and flipping back and forth through all of my annotations to be like, I feel like this was said before. I feel like this is a clue. Where else have I seen this? So right. my, my enjoyment of that book is predicated on the fact that it is nonlinear and it can keep branching out. This is a multi-series universe that is being built by this author. And we are getting to the point where it's like, it's all finally going to come together. How, how is this going to work? Where are all the clues scattered? And it's working. It's okay that it keeps building out because we have the time to keep going and finding the clues and seeing how it comes together. But I think that movies not just because we don't annotate them in the same way. I feel like like narratively and emotionally, we need to keep coming back. We need to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. You have to keep, you either, like, and part of it is that the MCU hasn't done an emotional handoff. Yeah. You killed off Tony Stark. You mm-hmm. killed off Captain America. Our two anchors. We haven't seen hide nor hair of the Hulk sense mm-hmm. right and so that just leaves us with thor who's been very erratic mm-hmm. appropriately so for the character but it means we don't have an emotional core for this anymore yeah honestly the emotional core is peter parker yep and now peter parker is often some alternative universe mm-hmm. what what well, what do we, we do now? 
<laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Like, what are, what are we supposed to do? Doctor Strange is not an emotional core. He's never going to no. be an emotional core. No. Black Panther could have been, but sadly, we lost him. Yeah. Right? You can't plan for that. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man's not going to be an emotional core. He's a comedy character. Mm-hmm. So... If anything, I feel like that's really what's happening is they are grasping, trying to figure out who are our our anchor characters. And yeah. the fact that they dove into this next phase when they clearly didn't have a plan for who the anchor characters were going to be is bizarre to me. <laughs> How do you not <laughs> notice to just plan for that? Okay, but who's who are we going to care about here? Because we can't care about all of them the same. We can't. Right. Right. Yeah. Where is the cohesion going to come from? And who do we have on contract? Oh, no, that one died. Well, uh, and the sad <laughs> thing is, I feel like Anthony Mackie could have been a good choice. Like the Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. If they had said, we're going to build them up because they were the second series and it was a great series and their, their buddy cop um like enemies to lover bromance was so chef's kiss they could have mm -hmm. been the anchors for this entire phase but they did that and then they just dropped it and again haven't seen hide nor hair since yeah like you that that was your opportunity that was your opportunity i'm sure some of it is who they could have on contract for that long because this is this whole MCU project is spanning entire careers. Oh God, yeah, people. that's the. I mean, this is decades <laughs> of work, and so it, not everybody's going to stay around for that whole time. And I feel like this is part of why we need to start normalizing recasting. And the funny thing oh, yeah. is, the way people lose their mind at like having to recast, and I'm like, it's really not that big of a deal. They did it with Dumbledore, Doctor and nobody Who's blinked. Done it. They did it with <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore. They did it with Dumbledore. Nobody they, nobody blinked. They did it with yeah. um, War Machine. They're going to have to do it with Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> they did it with Don Cheadle. Nobody blinked. They did it with the yeah, Hulk. Yeah, nobody cared. Nobody blinked. Nobody mm -hmm. cares. Yeah. Yeah. Just so really, if you're going to keep true. having these characters and they're going to age, right? Either... Mm -hmm. Like, and that's the other part of like, if you're going to make this about movies, because also the other thing that popped out at me with Marvels is, so is Carol Danvers immortal because she is the same age as she was in 1990. And now yeah. the little girl that she helped raise in 1990, who was gone for five years, true, five, five years, that little girl is like in her 30s. <laughs> so is carol danvers immortal are we gonna address that elephant at all because you need to address that elephant wibbly wobbly timey wimey timey wimey okay okay mm -hmm. so melissa yeah. i am done ranting yes. i appreciate as always the space to rant here in our in our pleasure dome <laughs> our pleasure dome can be a rant dome that is also pleasurable sometimes Mm -hmm. um it's true it's true so what has brought you joy this week my friend oh my goodness uh oh did i put you on the spot <laughs> I, i'm never prepared i'm never prepared <laughs> wendy oh my god no i uh actually i started reading it can't happen here by sinclair lewis mm. have you ever read that no i have not it, it's basically a, a novel that Sinclair Lewis uh, wrote and published in 1935 before the whole Hitler thing went down. Oh. Basically explaining how fascism could happen in America, but it's done as a satire. Oh, that's... I don't think I can read that right now. Oh, it's... it's Yeah, it's... Well, it's... It's, it's very biting and it's uh it has a i wouldn't say a straight up comedy element but yeah it, it's definitely satire and i'm really enjoying the um the vibe of it <laughs> so so yeah that's um i'm i'm only like 10 chapters in so far and it's uh it, it's a dense read but man it's uh 
it's sure interesting <laughs> to read it this day and age. Ah, uh, ah, okay. Um, my joy this past weekend in particular was threefold. Um, I love a fun craft project and Chris got me another book nook for Christmas and I put it together Ooh. and I love book nooks. I love tiny Which one? Li- Which one? This one, Which one is called Sailing Memory and mm. so it is like the study of a retired sea captain and Ooh. the level of detail and knickknacks. I actually had to put together little tiny books little bits of wood and i had to glue little book covers onto them and then glue them (laughs) onto shelves it was very satisfying um i and i have a different one i have the magic house that i did last year i love these so much yes i do want a magical little bookshelf diorama i want no, a matter of fact, at some point in my old age, I plan on having an entire bookshelf that is nothing but little bookshelf dioramas. I'm just going to keep doing oh, cool. this until I die. <laughs> They're so enjoyable. Um, so I was either book nooking or I, like I said, I was rereading um, these books. I am rereading the Sarah J. Maas. I have been reading her her universe and I am rereading the Crescent City books right now in preparation for the third book to come out. And ooh. These books are so fun, and the the way this woman just drops in little tiny clues, she's so good at it. She's so good at it because it just sounds like a tiny little bit of context for whatever they're talking about, but when you come back after you've read more, you're like, wait a minute, you're talking about that in just this mm-hmm. one little sentence, and you're talking about it five years before you wrote the book that expanded on that. Oh my God, you were a brilliant woman. So it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. So I was either book nooking, putting a craft project together or reading wild eating delicious fancy pints of ice cream. I have decided to lean into, we usually have vanilla in the house with chocolate syrup and I do love vanilla with chocolate syrup and some nuts on top. But I was like, Mm -hmm. but what if, what if, for just a couple of dollars each, like churro flavored ice cream or peanut butter cup flavored ice cream or just a lovely raspberry sorbet. Raspberry sorbet. I th- I think of that every time I say that. So yes, that is what has brought me joy. How could you not? Also, Melissa, season four of For All Mankind is available on Apple TV+. Plus. We, we have just started diving into season four. It's very exciting. Oh, 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 Wendy, I thought of something that really, really made me happy. What? I started watching Russian Doll, <gasps> finally. I have not watched that. Is it good? <gasps> Holy shit, Wendy. You would absolutely love it. Okay, but is it a I will is it a downer? No. Okay. Okay. Well, let me let me explain. Okay. <clears throat> Natasha Leone, we mm. love her, right? Mm-hmm. Natasha mm-hmm. Leone, we all love her. The entire series is centered around her. I will explain the premise as it is uh set up in the first episode. Natasha Leone starts out in a bathroom at a party and it's her birthday party and you know things are happening around and you know she goes home with a guy and blah 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 and then and then she winds up getting hit by a car while looking for a cat and then she wakes up again and she is again in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror at the party of the previous night yeah so it's it's groundhog day except natasha leone and a very different vibe and kind of a little bit more, little bit more, but not very much, a little bit more sci-fi, but not much. It's, it doesn't get into like a sci-fi element, except it's, it's a time loop. And then weird shit starts to happen, you know, beyond just the time loop. So I recommend it. It is so good. Have you watched so good? Happy Death Day. Have you seen that movie? I have not yet. Ooh. I know I need to. Oh, I know. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want Groundhog Day meets a slasher? Come on. Right? 
Okay. Okay. That does sound joyful. And I will add it to the queue. That's on Netflix, right? It is. Okay. It I is. need to watch that before and we it's, cancel. Uh, and it's only two seasons. Nice. Okay. I'll, yeah, it's, I'll so pop that it's, to the it's, top. And I think it's, I think it's like eight episodes a piece too. So it's like, in terms of internet TV, it is a, a digestible slice. <laughs> I do like a digestible slice. Okay, yeah. that is a lot of joy that we cram packed yes, in there. Yes, yeah. I, I feel I feel like we had to make up a little bit for the MCU uh, <laughs> dredging that we did. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, dear listeners. I think it's time to move on because we've been talking for like an hour. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for. Uh, reigning in the new year with us into 2024 and we look forward to uh having a lot more joy with you yay so i have been <laughs> melissa and over there has been wendy and we will be with you sometime in the near future <laughs> yeah bye. we'll leave our options open bye <laughs> yeah right we're in a we're in a situation ship <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> and scene. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive almost every week. You can find us on iTunes and on other podcatchers. You can also visit us and listen at our website, xanaducinema.com. want a situation ship with my streaming services i'll have you for a little while i'll like we'll enjoy each other and then we're gonna take a break <laughs>